Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. I'm your host, Wayne Lou. Uh, speaking to you after the Toronto Raptors lose a close, hard-fought game. Really entertaining game, honestly. Uh, but they lose 105-102 to against the Cavaliers uh, playing on the road. Um, yeah, I mean, look, you could definitely feel like there's a bit of a missed opportunity here. Um, the Raptors got to the foul line a ton. I thought the Raptors overall played pretty good defensively in the first half. Second half, though, they really lost track of a couple of things that they've done really well. First half, Max Struess, no points. Third quarter, 20 points for Max Struess. And we know he can catch fire. And some of these are, like, moving and, and, and running and sprinting full speed. But, like, come on. Um, 20 points for Max Struess in the third quarter. That got the Cavs uh, over a 10-point advantage uh, that the Raptors had uh, coming out of halftime. And then after that point, it was just, you know, a race to the finish. And, you know, credit to the Cavs. They got a couple of bounces that went their way. There was literally a alley-oop that somehow the Raptors broke up, but it still bounced into the net. You know, stuff like that. It's like, okay, you can't really do much about it. But, you know, for the most part, the Raptors did really, really well against, you know, um, well, at least Cleveland's best score. I mean, Donovan Mitchell going 4-17 uh, was so frustrated by the fourth quarter that he picked up a costly technical foul after OG contested his shot beautifully. Um, you know, if you hold him to just 10 points, and, you know, uh, Evan Mobley, after a, a hot start where he made, like, two mid-range jumpers and it was looking okay, uh, then he goes into, you know, his usual rhythm and, and ends up 5 of 14 from the field, uh, you should be okay. But I, I think, look, the Raptors, number one, missed a ton of free throws, right? 20 of 29 from the free throw line. When you look back on this game and it came down to a one-point game at the very end uh, where the Raptors had to foul Cleveland. I mean, did it have to come down to one-point game if you didn't miss nine free throws, right? Especially when you did a really good job guarding on the other end and only allowing six free throws to the Cavaliers, who are an awesome pick-and-roll team, which typically gets them a ton of free throws. But the Raptors guarded it really well tonight. You know, it's an opportunity to miss. And it's things like... Look, obviously, it's free throws. I know people get really annoyed missing them. I get annoyed missing them. To me, I'm confused about the process of some of these. Like, you know, there's a play in the third quarter where the Cavs got called for a defensive three seconds, I think. And Scotty pushed OG to go take the free throw. Like, OG's shooting 64% from the free throw line. And you can choose anybody to shoot the free throw. That's not who I would pick. You know, what is the process? What's the rhythm here? Who's the designated go-to free throw taker? on the floor should it not have a hierarchy like imagine if you were playing soccer and anytime it was a penalty it was just like somebody was just like all right I, I guess I'll take it like no there's a clear hierarchy and and there should be one and it should be based on who's the best free throw shooters OG is not in the top five on this team quite frankly so stuff like that uh, are annoying I, I mean look, look I think defensive breakdowns uh, especially in the second half you know were there there were, there were some breakdowns in the first half as well like uh, you know I think the, the Cavs got off to a really good start uh, in the pick and roll so Darko made the call today um, to change up his defensive assignments and what he did and the Cavs are a pretty like standard team like they're um, you know, they, they got a regular point guard in Garland. They got a regular shooting guard in Mitchell. And Struess is, you know, kind of small for a uh, small forward, but still, like, you know, typical small forward kind of player. Mobley is a classic four, and then Allen's a classic five, right? And the Raptors, you know, at least last year, played the Cavs really well. I mean, it's not to say they didn't play the Cavs well today here, too, but what Darko decided to do was switch up his matchups. So instead of putting Schroeder on 
uh, Garland, he decided to put Scotty Barnes on Garland. Uh, and instead, he had Schroeder guard Struess, uh, which he did fine. I mean, Struess went off in the third quarter when, when Dennis picked up his fourth foul early in the fourth qu- in the third quarter, and Darko decided to take him out. Uh, I think Dennis was kind of begging Darko to, to use a challenge there at one point because I think it was like a moving screen or something. I don't know, something that may or may not have, you know, a bit of a questionable call, but still he decides to take him out. That's when Struess went off. So I think, you know, Schroeder actually did a decent job guarding Struess in the time that he was actually matched up against him. Uh, but he switched up that assignment. Now, it's not too dissimilar than what the Raptors did last season. They had Scotty guard a lot of, like, point of attack. You know, whoever the main ball handler, they would put Scotty on him. Put Scotty on a lot of point guards. So it's not like Scotty can't do it. Um, but I just don't think he did a good job of it. And I don't think it maximized Scotty on the other end as well. Like, there were some shots of Scotty on the bench, and he looked mad exhausted. Like, just absolutely exhausted, guarding, like, probably 40 pick and rolls here today, involving Garland getting around screens from Jared Allen or Tristan Thompson or, you know, even Evan Mobley. Like, there was just a certain exhaustion faction. And and even at the last play of the game, the one that ultimately clinched it for the Cavs to put them up four with 20 seconds left, it was Garland attacking Scotty Barnes in the pick and roll, getting downhill, uh, a split second of indecision from Scotty, but generally speaking, still pretty good defense. You got to give Garland a lot of credit. Left-handed layup, just over the shot contest, and um, you know it rolled in, and, and and that ended up being a clutch bucket. But you know Garland pick and rolls with Jared Allen torched the Raptors all night. I mean Garland finishes twenty four points. Allen finishes eighteen points and nine to ten shooting. Garland was ten of sixteen, and yeah, Garland got up you know back to back threes I think at one point, but ultimately it was just the pick and roll stuff, and the Raptors just couldn't contain it because you can't switch that, like you cannot switch Scotty Barnes onto Jared. Well, you can switch Scotty Barnes onto Jared Allen. You cannot switch Yaka Pertl onto Darius Garland. What you really needed to do was you know have better. Uh, point of attack defense in terms of just the quickness to get around some of the screens which Schroeder is obviously smaller quicker able to do that a little bit better um or even just try to deny Garland from using those screens in the first place which I I suppose Scotty could have done a better job of but it's pretty difficult to do that these days a lot of crossovers a lot of like re-screening it's hard to just force a guy never to use a screen especially a, a guard of Garland's uh quality but yeah, it torched the Raptors to start the game. It torched the Raptors to, you know, in the middle of the game. And it torched the Raptors at the end of the game, too. And to me, it just, I don't I don't know what Darko was saying with that one. He, he might have overthought it, if, if I had to guess. Um, Scotty this season has been really good as a uh, help defender. Has been really good rotating over. Even had a couple plays today where he was able to get some deflections and get the Raptors out on the break. Uh, which always fuels the Raptors' offense. Raptors' offense today didn't really have it um, overall uh, from any level. The fact that the Raptors shot 41% from the field, uh, only hit eight threes with 25%, and missed nine free throws. The fact that they were even in a one-possession game at the end uh, is kind of impressive, but ultimately, no one will watch this game and say the Raptors' offense is impressive. But defensively, Raptors overthought this one. I, I really, really... And it's not like a Monday morning quarterback thing. It's one of those things where it's like, okay, I get trying it. I get even rolling for for the whole first half. But once you get to halftime, you look at the results. You're like, okay, this is not working. We got to switch it up. But they never did switch it up. Um, and I think the move to me, matchup-wise, would have been, if you want Scotty to be able to roam and help, you put Scotty and Evan Mobley because he's the one who's not an offensive threat in the starting five for Cleveland. 
Obviously, OG's going to guard Mitchell. That's, you know, what he's always done. Obviously, Jakob's going to guard Allen. Uh, but the other three you can kind of play around with. I think you should stick with Schroeder on Garland. Uh, small on small, use the quickness to match, all that kind of stuff. And uh, you have Pascal guarding Struess. Now, of course, that requires Pascal to be really diligent around some of these screens. And, and Pascal did get hung up on a couple of these screens involving Struess in the third quarter. So, you know, um, whatever. But, I mean, come on. Like, is Struess going to score more than 20? Probably not, right? Like, he might get 20 anyway. But I think where you would have more help would be Scotty. You know, if you have, uh, yeah, just his help rotations at the basket, I don't think Garland gets as many easy looks. I don't think Jared Allen gets as many easy looks. So that was regrettable on my end. But, look, the Raptors were still in it, and, and, and they had lots of good moments. First half was a lot of, like, you know, runs for the Raptors to, to, to go back and forth, back and forth. I thought first half the Raptors uh, really involved Jakob Pertl in a very productive way. Um, and I would say just as much as, uh, as the Cavaliers were able to use Jared Allen as a threat, the Raptors were able to use Jakob Pertl as even a bigger threat. Uh, Jakob finishes tonight. 8-9 shooting for 18 points. Even the one miss that he had, Pascal was right there for the putback. So, I mean, it's basically a perfect night. Goes 2-2 from the free throw line, including late in the game, uh, which is hilarious because the Raptors are all missing free throws, but Jakob Pertl with the one-handers are making them. Kind of shades of Alex Wong of the sport versus media game, to be honest. Uh, 13 rebounds, including four offensive, two assists, two steals, and overall just played a really good game. Um, you know, I I, I like the, what the Raptors did in the first uh quarter which they got Jakob the ball in the post and the Raptors were able to run their splits off the ball Yak was able to find uh Scotty for a high low pass uh, Pascal for a high low pass both guys were able to score at the rim there and just in general fe- feeding him in the role feeding him in transition he did a great job overall um honestly Yak could have played a little bit more and and 35 minutes is already a lot uh, and Darko did sensibly put Jakob Proto in the game earlier than he wanted to in the fourth quarter um, because they had to deal with Tristan Thompson. That's right. They had to deal with Tristan Thompson. Uh, but still, um, it did feel like whenever he was in the game, the Raptors were calm. And when he wasn't in the game, the Raptors were not calm. Uh, enough. Um, look, I, I think the other thing too, is just, you didn't get enough scoring from Pascal and from Scotty. This was not going to be an easy matchup. Um, you know, Pascal getting guarded by, you know, with a team with incredible rim protection. I also thought Pascal did pretty well getting downhill. Uh, but what he didn't couldn't do at all was was knock down the threes. And, it, you know, there was times in the second quarter where I was like, why is Pascal actively seeking out for threes? Like, that's not his game right now. Until he finds the three again, like, you know, he should try to limit those. Like, yeah, wide open catch and shoots, you know, no one around, you take it because, you know, that's what you do. But, you know, pulling up for three was, was a little strange. Ultimately, him getting downhill actually did decently. You know, he scored on Mobley a couple times, bullied him a couple times. Uh, when he got downhill, when he got into the post, drew extra attention, was able to kick out, generate some offense. A couple of sloppy passes in the first half. Um, I think that's been a bit of a problem for Pascal recently is the turnovers have been a little high. And it doesn't feel like all of them are, like, super, like, it's not like the defense has completely corralled him. It's just he wasn't as sharp as he needed to be. So there are some adjustments to be made there. But the Raptors got, like, you know, like like a – C plus kind of offensive game from Pascal. Like, you know, he's been on a roll recently, 18 and eight with six. Yeah, it's, it's okay. I, I think where I would have wanted to see more was from Scotty Barnes. Uh, Scotty had a really, really down game. This one um, on the offensive end, the Raptors continue to trust Scotty to run the second unit. And I get, I get Darko's what he's trying to do. He wants to make the rotation 10 guys. Uh, he wants to, 
you know, give a lot of the bench guys some run and some chemistry together. And occasionally you see a couple of things, right? Like Precious threw a nice lob for, I think, for Scotty to dunk the ball. For me, for Pascal to dunk the ball. Uh, Chris had a couple of hustle plays, as he typically does. Uh, Malachi knocked down a three. Gary had a really good first half, knocked down his shot. Second half was ice cold, unfortunately. Um, but what you really need to see is like, okay, if you're going to play Scotty with the bench, and I get it, like, Tarko should play three, either three starters on the floor at all times or two starters on the floor at all times when he tries to introduce the bench guys. And there is a way to do that uh, if you still want to play 10 guys. Uh, you just need to change your rotation and pretty much limit, hard limit, how much uh, minutes your starters are playing uh, together as a group. But regardless, if you want to play 10, there is still a way to do it. Ultimately, though, you don't have to play 10. Like, there, there, there are games where I look at it, I'm like, okay, you know, did Otto Porter come in and contribute much? Not really. You know, did Malachi Flynn have to play 17 minutes tonight? Probably not really. But this is where you get into Nick Nurse territory. So we'll just move past that. Ultimately, you obviously want to put Scotty with OG. But part of the reason you want to put Scotty with OG in, in that second unit is because you want to have somebody who can capitalize off of the kickouts or, or create some deflections to get some steals, all that kind of stuff. The issue that Scotty ran into playing against Cleveland's second unit was he just couldn't get past. Isaac Okoro. Okoro did a really, really great job of bodying up against Scotty to the point where he wasn't creating the advantages for the Raptors' second unit to start. Now, you could say that, okay, Scotty's creating all these advantages, the guys aren't finishing. I get that. I hear that all the time. But in this one, the advantages weren't being created in the first place. The guy who was actually scoring off the bench or in those units was Gary, coming off of curls, coming off of, you know, even just ISOs, pick and rolls, stuff like that. He was able to get his own offense. But Generally speaking, you didn't see that from, you know, those two. And I think that was what was a little disappointing to me was watching Cleveland's bench come in and give some great efforts. And, you know, that's where some of the other bench guys got to take responsibility. Like Precious, you know, going one for four from the field, had a bricked a wide open, you know, put back there, um, you know, defensively wasn't there. He got benched after Tristan Thompson bodied him on back-to-back plays to start the third quarter, fourth quarter. Like, you're in the fourth quarter, you're just giving up a 10-point lead because Max Strews went off, and you start the fourth quarter, and right away, Tristan Thompson comes in the game and just pushes Precious aside uh, and gets two offensive rebounds. Both times, the Cavs score one on a layup, one on a three, and Dark has to call a timeout a minute in to take Precious out of the game. Like, who do you put that on other than, other than Precious? You know, like, Tristan Thompson was on the jump last year. You know, he he goes from boxing out Dave McMenamin to box to boxing out Precious Achua. Like at a certain point, that's on you, right? That's 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 on nobody. That's not on the system. That's not on Scotty with the bench or whatever. That's not on you know the lineups. That's just on you. So he needs to do better there. Chris Boucher had a stretch there, and I feel like I've probably said this on like five straight seasons of you know the the Raptors reaction across like you know Sportsnet Yahoo or Raptors Public even but like Chris jumping at George Niang George Niang didn't even have that good of a game like the Raptors you know attacked him in isolation all the time but anytime Chris was matched up against George like up fake Chris would jump there's a play where he jumped on an up fake George Niang sidestep passed it off got the ball back Niang up faked again Precious or Chris jumped again and then Niang got space to so hit the three. Like, like I'm sorry, but you have to be able to outplay George's Niang. Like, ultimately, you came down to a one-possession game. You can say all this about, okay, the matches aren't right, or they let Strews go off. 
I mean, I'm just talking about like a three-minute stretch there where the Raptors bench was in against Cleveland's bench, and Precious can't box out Tristan Thompson, and Chris can't stay down against Georges Niang. Like, I'm sorry, Georges Niang is not going to jump out the gym. You close out to him under control, make him sidestep, stay under your feet. Like, it's been multiple years of this, right? And, and it's not like Chris has, like, been jumping all year. I'm not trying to single him out for that, but damn, some of those possessions you really, really wish you had back. And, of course, you still come down and you still give yourself a chance, but those are the margins where the Raptors just feels like if, you know, I'm just asking for the bench to be a little bit solid. Because, look, I want Scotty to create more advantages, uh, you know, just in general, but especially against, you know, Okoro, especially when some of the Cavs rim protectors are out in those transition lineups. Uh, okay, so he can't do it, but where's the rest of the team is to help him? And not even just help him, like, do the job for him. Help him as in do their own job. And that wasn't done. So, you know, that's a missed opportunity. But ultimately, Strews getting off in the third quarter was was a massive issue. And, uh, you know, I'm going to take a quick break, and then I'll come back to detail what the Raptors did wrong against Max Drews and also go down the stretch because I think the Raptors did ultimately put themselves into a position to win, but uh, they just couldn't get over the top against Cleveland. So uh, we're going to take that quick break. You've been listening to the Raptors Reaction Podcast on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. Welcome back to the Raptors Reaction Podcast on Sports Life on 90 The Fan. Continue to recap the Raptors 105 to 102 loss to Cleveland. So, yes, uh, story of the game today was Max Drews going off in the third quarter. Like, wow, damn, 20 points in the third quarter. Those were only quarters uh, he scored in. None in one, <laughs> first, second, and fourth, but 20 in the third, and they were massive. And he got his confidence early, a couple back cuts. You know, that's, that's just on the Raptors. Like, there was just nothing there, but... It's the it's the pace and the fury in which he came off of the screens and the decision-making. He even started throwing some lobs, which were part of his five assists tonight, 11 rebounds as well. He played out of his mind. Um, but to me, Struis is a guy who, I mean, obviously undrafted, right, came up through the heat system. He basically had to learn all of this. Like, he was, like, essentially like a Gary Trent, like, type of scorer who what Gary is right now. Um but, like, attacking in that kind of fashion, to learn how to get this good attacking off-ball, like, Max Struess is genuinely one of those guys that I want the Raptors uh, shooting guards to be able to study. Not in terms of just, like, you know, whatever. It's not exactly like Max Struess is, like, you know, Kobe Bryant or something like that. But, like, it's his off-ball ability. It's the, the decision-making, the fact that he flies around these screens, the fact he's willing to shoot right off of the catch on these, and he's so decisive going around them. Like, he absolutely just lit the Raptors up tonight, and, and he was such a huge turning point, along with Tristan, obviously, but obviously Struess was was it was even bigger. Um, and it, it, it definitely hurt that uh, Dennis came out the game with his fourth foul um, in that third quarter. But the Raptors defensively were already struggling to begin that, that, that second half, and I think their energy just wasn't great. Uh, Cavs open on a 6 nothing run. Darko had to call the first time out. Uh, and then, yeah, Dennis, you know, f- ends up committing his fourth out. The, honestly, this was, this was a game-changing decision for me where so it was a late shot clock scenario. The Raptors didn't have um, – or the Cavs didn't have anything against the Raptors. And Struz had the ball late, and he decided to go for a pull-up three. And Dennis was right there. Now, Dennis probably could have backed off just a tad – but honestly, it was kind of a nothing. Struis kind of kicked his leg forward as well. They called a foul. 
And it became huge because that was Dennis's fourth foul. Darko decides not to challenge. And he's out at the nine-minute mark. Malachi Flynn immediately uh, comes in. And as soon as Malachi comes in, he gets back cut, I think, by Strews going for a layup. And, um, yeah, it, it's just uh, – it, it just wasn't it just wasn't it, you know, and, and Raptors, you know, offensively, when they got empty possessions, the Cavs started getting on the break. I think the first half, the Cavs didn't run enough. Second half, they, they definitely ran it harder. Donovan Mitchell, you know, sprints down the floor, kicks out the Strews in the corner for a three. Um, and then, yeah, like just Strews with just back to back threes, uh, one where Pascal was late to to challenge uh, and another one where Pascal pressures. Uh, were involved defensively and Pascal did his job fighting through the screen but the screen was always gonna be hung up there and so it needed to be precious who needed to switch out and and run Struis inside the arc or better yet you know close out and force him to pick up the ball precious doesn't identify that which is an issue that happens a lot of times it just feels like his game awareness is lacking and allows Struis wide open to get the three off and then Struis gets another three uh, which was also him just uh, flying around the screen to get it off. So it's tough. Those were, you know, that's th- those were just massive, massive plays. Uh, but, you know, I, I think I will give the Raptors credit in that, like, even though they got down, I think they got down maybe as much as, like, nine points in the fourth quarter. They started fighting back, and Raptors picked up their offense in the fourth quarter. And it was interesting because I was really curious to see um, who the Raptors would turn to offensively uh, late in the game. Um, mostly because it felt like, okay, the Raptors could kind of get like some contested offense. Like, you know, Scotty had like a short, you know, short roll where he doesn't roll all the way to the basket, catches around the free throw line, knock down a jumper. Uh, and then, you know, Scotty got an end one around Mobley. I think that was kind of in transition. And then, uh, you know, Scotty gets fouled on the putback after OG smokes a layup. Um, uh, you know, but he makes both. But then Scotty, he just looks so tired to me all game. And I think really chasing Garland around, I think, was the major reason for that. Because it wasn't like the Raptors. Like, the Cavs were actually playing the back-to-back, not the Raptors. But Scotty looked absolutely tired. And he took a pretty, I mean, you never see Scotty really do this, really. But, like, he took, like, a contested mid-range turnaround jumper over two guys, fade away in the post after, like, nobody touched the ball in that possession, like, other than him. It was just strange. I think it was a tired of his fatigue. He came out the game. Uh, Gary missed a wide open three, which I think it was Dennis who drove along the baseline, kicked it to, to Gary and it was wide open for three in the corner. And that would have cut it to two. He missed that. Instead, the Cavs were able to get time out and, and get, get a, and get a break. Uh, Pascal and Yak were able to, to, to work off their two band game to find each other for layups that kept it to a three point game. And then, you know, that's where it was interesting. Cause it was about three minutes left. The Cavs called, no, the Raptors called timeout. Then the Cavs called the timeout right after the Raptors timeout. So a double timeout to set up this like last push down the stretch. And um, just a couple of unfortunate sequences, right? Where, um, you know, the Raptors, you know, uh, Struis takes a three coming off a screen. Luckily he missed it, but the Raptors unfortunately were not able to get the rebound. Jared Allen was able to get the putback layup to put it up five. Uh, then Dennis with the empty possession, Kind of goes against the shot clock. Nothing there. Pulls up for a mid-range. Doesn't get the call. Um, And, you know, at that point, I was like, okay, Pascal's not really, like, getting his offense that much. Scotty looks tired, and it wasn't even in the game at certain points, but he's able to come back eventually. Uh, Gary was missing wide-open threes, and then OG just wasn't really doing much offensively all night. Um, You know, he just 
some of the baskets going downhill, he just wasn't really able to finish. Got his own put back once or twice, but you know, ultimately, I'm not looking for OG to be my go-to score down the stretch. So it kind of just left Dennis. And Dennis was obviously you know in foul trouble, so he came in the fourth quarter fresh. But yeah, it, it was Dennis who was the go-to scorer late in these games. Um, you know, the, after the Raptors uh, allowed Jared Allen to throw a lob to Evan Mobley for uh, an alley oop late in the game. That was that stretches to four. Pascal was caught a bit sleeping there, indecisive because he didn't know if he was going to help on Allen's roll or if he was going to stick on Mobley. Mobley made a cut, and then that split second, Allen threw a lob, and, and that was a huge play. Um, so it was a four point game with two minutes left, but Dennis gets fouled on an and one. Um, should have been an and one, but unfortunately, they called the foul on the floor, even though he did put the ball down. Uh, so, which actually became huge because again, we're talking about a four point game and one versus just two free throws is a massive difference. Makes both gets it down to two. The Cavs get a deflected alley-oop that falls in to push it back to four. Then Dennis, you know, pick and roll with Jakob gets Jakob layup. Jakob misses, but Pascal's there for the putback. Garland drives in for the layup the other end and, you know, makes it four points with 20 seconds left. Darko uses one of his last two timeouts at this point. Comes out of that timeout. It was, a, it was a beautiful play. The, the play was inbounded to OG in the middle of the floor. Um, they had Scotty curling around for a handoff around OG. And Scotty did a really good job of uh, just catching the Cavs by surprise. He kind of back cut them almost, which I was surprised could even happen this late in the game. But, yeah, he, he gets downhill. Um, Struess comes out of the corner to provide some help. And uh, Scotty makes the bullet pass into the corner to Dennis, who knocks down the three. That makes it a one-point game. And, yeah, the Raptors have to foul Mitchell. He goes to the foul line, makes both, whatever. But the Raptors still had a timeout coming out. And that's where, to me, I'm like, ah, you could really want that one back. So the play that Darko came out with the second timeout, because the first timeout was actually an excellent play and, and worked out perfectly. Um, the next play down, the Raptors needing a three. So they inbounded the ball to the near corner to Dennis in the post. And to be honest, I was a little surprised that the Cavs just didn't take the foul. Like, they're, you're up three. The other team has no more timeouts left. They're missing free throws like nobody's business all night. And you have Dennis Schroeder with his back to the basket. It's not like he's going to suddenly turn around and, and, and get an and one. Foul him. Like, foul him and send him to the free throw line and trust that your free throw shooters and Garland and Mitchell can make it, which they definitely can. But instead, they let just, like, Dennis, like, post up for, like, four or five seconds. And the play was for uh, Gary to, to curl uh, off an off-ball screen into that corner so that Dennis can sort of pitch it back to him for a three. And you got to give the Cavs credit. Jared Allen switched out. I mean, you're supposed to switch everything when you, you know, in, in that kind of scenario. But Jared Allen switches out, you know, doesn't, um, doesn't give Gary any space to launch. I honestly... I think Gary had a chance there on the catch to just go up with it and jump into his arms. Now, I wouldn't really advocate for foul baiting, uh, but what he did instead, I mean, but I think there was a real chance there because Allen was still trying to chase up to the play and he led with his arms. There was a real chance that he could have jumped. Like, I'm just saying if Kyle Lowry's in that position, 100% he's jumping through his arms and getting the foul call. Um, instead, he doesn't doesn't go for it. Um, Gary stays down, then tries to like spin uh, and ultimately steps on the baseline. I mean, like, whatever. You had no more timeouts left. I think there was an opportunity for Gary if he could have reversed the ball back out to Dennis because after Dennis, you know, was in the post, shoveled it to, to Gary, he cleared out of that area. There was also a driving lane as well. It, it's, if Gary, you know, didn't want to take the three, 
coming off that catch, he needed to drive the paint instead, maybe force another rotation, then kick out for three. But ultimately, just nothing, and they get literally nothing out of that play, and that kind of killed it. So crunch time offense, not exactly how you would draw it up. There's a lot of Dennis, which he actually did great, but like the other guys really weren't involved as much. And then defensively, yeah, I mean, it's tough. Like I really hate being Monday morning quarterback with some of these decisions, but to me, watching the start of this game, I was already like, I don't want to see Scotty have to guard Darius Garland. Like, yeah, on some possessions, sure, but like, not not for the whole game. It just didn't really make sense. So it, it's tough because you did waste a couple of good things. Like, I think overall, like, obviously OG continues to just torment Donovan Mitchell. He probably guards Donovan better than anybody in the league. Donovan was really quiet against OG last year, really quiet here tonight. Um, you know, I thought Pascal obviously outplayed his matchup against Evan Mobley. I thought Jakob outplayed his matchup against Jared Allen. Uh, Dennis didn't outplay Garland by any means, but, like, still played a really good game. Struis obviously went off a little bit. It's just that bench, man. The Cavs bench, and the Cavs bench didn't even look that great, but I'm telling you, the Cavs bench completely pulverized Toronto's, and that was tough to see. So, regrettable one. Like, you could definitely look back on this one and, and think the Raptors could have come away with the win, despite the fact that they shot so poorly across the field, uh, across the board. But, um, you know, it, 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 it I hate saying it is what it is, but it kind of is what it is. So, uh, to, to recap your three stars from tonight's performance, I'm going to give Yak the first star, 18 points, 13 rebounds, two assists, two steals, uh, eight of nine from the field. And again, that one miss was put back. So I don't even count that and two of two from the free throw line, pretty much a perfect game from Yak or Pirtle. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, I know a lot of people have been pointing out the, the, you know, the lineups with. Yak on the floor, Gary uh, and, and Pascal and Scotty on the floor. Like they don't look as good as like when Yak is off the floor. But you need different players for different matchups. And if Raptors didn't have Yak in this one, the Cavs blow the Raptors out by twenty five. I'm not even kidding. Um, your second star, I'm gonna give that to Dennis. Uh, Fifteen points, two rebounds, two assists, two steals. I think Dennis played well um, late in the game. Obviously, he really had the Raptors humming offensively. Um, you know, getting in foul trouble, I got to go back and watch. I don't even know how he got so many fouls, but that fourth foul is really costly. It's funny because Dennis had five fouls. Uh, the rest of the starting lineup had only five. Jakob at three, Scotty with one, OG with one. And then Malachi was the only guy to commit a foul off the bench. So uh, Dennis's five fouls accounted for almost half of the whole team's total. And it just felt strange because he was guarding Struess most of the time. And it wasn't like Struess was going to the foul line either. So... I don't know how he got taken out the game with five, but ultimately, you know, he could have done better on that front. But yeah, when he came out, Struis really caught fire. Your uh, your third star, if I had to pick one, probably go with Pascal, 18, eight and six, a steal, a block. I mean, you can give it to OG for guarding Garland um, really well, but I, I needed to see more offensively from, from OG. Um, but I thought Pascal generated some decent offense for them. It's never that easy of a matchup against the Cleveland Cavaliers. Some nights he, he you know, last year I remember he, he had a couple games where he knocked down a bunch of threes, and that really helped. Obviously his three ball is completely missing right now, but, you know, uh, to, to find some of those little interior, you know, uh, tiki-taka passes to, to get open for layups, um, you know, that wasn't enough to get offense in the half court uh, overall, but it was kind of the best thing the Raptors had. So I'm going to give him the third star. Your Gerald Henderson award winner. I mean, it's obviously got to be Max Drews. 20 points, 11 rebounds, 5 assists. There's a case for Tristan Thompson here, but I've already got my the jump uh, joke off. Or not the jump, but uh, what show is that called? NBA Today? Yeah, he was on NBA Today. So in any case, uh, the Raptors lose. They fall back under 500 once again. They're 8-9. 
and uh, they live to, to to keep fighting another day. But it's pretty clear that this team's kind of like in around 500, you know, like we, we kind of knew that. And any ascension, I think, is going to have to be in the details. Like the bench has to play a lot better on a more consistent basis. And um, the Raptors have to get their matchups right. And and look, this is a healthy Raptors team. And if their healthy Raptors team is only 500, then it is what it is. You know, and, and that's on the front office to make that decision. But right now, they're not making that decision. They're kind of seeing how the team plays out. And, uh, yeah, you know, it's it's on these guys to get better. Because, I, again, I can't stress enough how much the Raptors did not uh, hammer the details in this one. So thanks for listening. Please continue to rate, review, subscribe to the Raptors show. And uh, we'll check back in with you on Monday at 2 p.m.